0: Mindset makes or breaks us. I don't care if it's getting your health back, success in business, life, relationships, whatever it is. I believe we choose our mindset and functioning from the true identity that God gave us is really a life of happiness and success. It really is. And I'll tell you, this interview on Cell TV will get you to truly understand that, um, but also. Uh, This gentleman gave us some hints to true success in breakthrough, whether it's you trying to gain your health back or, again, just in life in general. Well, this man doesn't have legs. Most of us listening to this do, but you would never know it based on his mindset. Wait till you hear him and get a pen and pencil ready because he gives so many gems that will change the way you think and therefore change your life. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and you are going to love today's story. We have adaptive athlete Craig Blanchette. He's a 21-time world record holder in wheelchair racing. He's a nine-time world champion and Olympic medalist. And did I mention he's also in the Nike Walk of Fame. Craig will be talking all about life transformations and how to place true value in your health. What makes his story so special is that he's one of the most positive people on the planet, and his mindset coaching is incredible, something I know I cannot wait to learn from. And Dr. Pompa, overcoming obstacles and growing from your pain is something you know all too well, so I cannot wait to let you two take over and have this amazing conversation. So I'd love to welcome Craig Blanchett and Dr. Pompa. Welcome.
2: Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no. This is um, look. I I think um, I you and I have tried to do this show a few times. I think right. I mean, this was yeah. like I feel like a year ago we were about to do this show because I was so excited to inter- interview you. I, I I've heard so many amazing things. So finally, here we are.
2: Yeah, yeah. Finally, we made it. Heaven. <laughs> the tenacity, right?
0: Yeah. No. A- absolutely. I, I'm really excited. You know, one of the things um, I had told you ab- about my viewers and listeners is that. Uh, so many of them are health seekers, right? They're, they're looking for, you know, how to get a certain aspect of their health better. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I, I talk about, but I don't bring enough of, is the mindset around that. And I even said to you, look, I, you know, I've gotten so good at being able to tell who's going to be able to get better, who's not, you know, just by the things they say and how they look at themselves, right? Or their, mm-hmm. whether their themselves, their illness, their situation, their whole life in general, You know, you've been a master at that. So, folks, listen up because this applies to every one of us going to the next level in life, whether it's your health, whether it's um, uh, just life, being happy. Isn't that our goal? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'd put you at the expert category here. All right, well, tell your story, though. Uh, You were, um, you know, no doubt born with some people would say a disadvantage, but you've made it an advantage
2: yeah yeah it's um yeah I was born with a condition called uh, pFFd which it's doesn't really matter even what it stands for but i I basically missing my femur bones, so I have really short legs um and my feet are um, look different than the typical person so basically it looks like I'm an amputee, above the knee amputee essentially mm-hmm. um which makes me pretty light and agile um you know I'm three foot nine and so I'm a pretty short guy but but I'm pretty strong as well, and so the um, it's funny when I look at all the BMI charts, it still shows me as overweight because I'm three foot nine, right? At 135 pounds, <laughs> I'm still overweight, <laughs> but that's all right. I'm working it out. But yeah, what I, what I find is you. I don't know who said this quote, but whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. And actually, I have found that that is actually rings absolutely true. Um, as I go through my life, there's. Um, most of the time, I always think that I can. And even if I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do it, I just assume that I can do it. And then I sort of reverse engineer it to figure it out. Well, you
0: know, I stop there because I would say most people would think, I mean, what we're talking about, like, I, know, I know, you know, I can go to the bathroom. But I mean, as far as something more challenging in their life, maybe where there's a fear, most people would think I can't. Yeah. So yeah. already, I mean, I, I guess that came out of you because, uh, you know, growing up in a wheelchair from birth, I mean, even as a baby, you you know, you, you realize you have to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, think about this. Well, I got my first wheelchair technically when I was in the eighth grade. So before that, I mean, I was thinking about what you say you were born in a wheelchair or, or with a wheelchair. And I was thinking that would be very t- very traumatic yeah, on my right, mother. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of walking on your hands, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, the wheelchair comes out, right? But when think about it when you're a kid and if you know even as a, a normal a, a child with normal legs, when you want to get like let's say you want to get a bowl of cereal. Well, the bowls are usually on the top cupboard, not down below. So you've got to figure out a way to navigate cuz cereal is the goal. And a bowl is necessary. And so you pull a chair over and you, and I did the same things. I would just go from the chair to the counter to the cupboard. And, but the goal was, is I was going to do it. I just had to figure out how to do it. And, and I think that, that example of figuring things out so that I was able to accomplish the stuff that I wanted to do, it started at a young age and it wasn't, I wasn't told you can't do this. Or you can't do that. Actually, I was told that a lot, but it was like, even from something as simple as getting a bowl of cereal, you just, you just figure it out. What what was the alternative? No cereal? Well, as a kid, that was not acceptable, right? (laughs) So you figure it out. And, and I think the other thing too, as a, as a young, you know, adolescent, you know, in the summer times you get together with the kids on the block and then you play football and you play tag and you play hide and go seek all the you know whatever kind of games and there was a there was a level i think that we all have of am i good enough can i measure up when when i'm standing at the start line and i look to the left and to the right i wonder what they got and i wonder what i got right Everyone and I, and i don't know if everybody has that i know i did and I did. so i was always I was always trying to perform and keep up. So, and it was more of an identity thing. Can I measure up?
0: Absolutely.
2: Right. And for me, um, that while initially that maybe not have been super healthy, it was more of a survival mode that um, wired my brain into such a way that was very um, conducive to competition that, you know, you step up to the line and now it's not, now it's not, you know, seeing who can play tag the best. It was at the Boston Marathon and we're about to throw down 26 miles or at the Olympics and we're about to go 1500 meters as fast as we can. And so um, always having the courage to step up to the line and measure yourself and say, what do I got today? Am I good enough? Am I better than them? Those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which no doubt gave you an identity of, um, Someone who's willing to figure it out
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: typically figures it out. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that gives you a confidence. You know, it's funny. I just, I just recently taught a mastermind uh, to the doctors that I, I coach, and it was basically always an understanding of, you know, who we are, our life, whether we like it or not. Uh, a lot of that is a, around how we see ourselves, our identity, and basically trying to break them through to their true identity. Mm-hmm. oftentimes life traumas people teachers friends whatever it is events give us a um, a false identity or at least we function around a false identity mm-hmm. and instead of like really who god designed us to be you know mm-hmm. and um and what, my, my point to them was you don't truly break free or, or i should say break through in success you know happiness fulfillment in your job whatever it is until you're functioning fully from your identity you know Mm -hmm. so do you think i I have this question i i kind of want to get a day in a life of, of what your life looks like for people because i'm curious i'm sure they are but do you think that it would be harder be you know um i just went through a thing with my son um as i told you before we started that he jumped off a cliff didn't make it and hit 50 feet down on rock he should have been dead or paralyzed. He's neither, but we mm-hmm. had a strong reality of, you know, life, the rest of his life in a wheelchair, you know, paralyzed. And, um, it makes you stop and think it really does. I mean, changing bed pans and, and that it's made him stop and think, made me stop and think. Right. think it would be worse happening later or being born that way. Or, or what are the differences? Cause you're hanging around these guys, you're racing against a lot of these. Right.
2: Guys. The yeah. I heard, um, I heard a guy. He's one of my mentors. His name's Dan Valentine, and he said, "Life, life doesn't happen. Uh, or th- bad things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And the reality of that statement is, um, hard things are necessary for the 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 feeling of satisfaction in life. Um, that a lot of times we equate hard." to bad and easy equals good. And, and I, I, I actually, in my experience, that's actually not true. Easy things aren't deeply satisfying. Mm -hmm. Only hard things are deeply satisfying. So to answer your question, um, because I was born this way, hasn't we all all our life is a is a, a hardness factor of whatever it is. I don't know. It's as hard as it is, right? But what is the, in the process of working through the hard things, do you, what do you learn? Are you, are you learning to be better? And are you learning to um, overcome challenges? And when, I I don't know about you, but um, driving 26 miles versus running 26 miles one of those is going to feel like a big accomplishment.
0: <laughs> i right? tell you, that driving is tough, man. I, that's it's
2: tough. Big... <laughs> now, in certain types of LA traffic or something, driving 26 miles yeah. might be a pretty big accomplishment. That's, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Right. In LA, it might be the driving. It yeah. might be. But um, in reality, I, I think it is, I don't know what's easier or harder. What I would say is there's probably a benefit to each one of them. Um, right. Being born this way, I had to learn how to do life Things in life kind of one time you know if you were born with normal sized legs in a traditional body um, and then you were in an accident now you're going to relearn some stuff but there's great value in that relearning process and I, I, have, I know certain people that would never be professional athletes except for the fact that they are paralyzed now and they are some phenomenal athletes and yeah. so uh, you know there's a guy this is a, a great story and This guy played for the Phoenix um, wheelchair basketball team. And this is probably 20 years ago. His name was Neil Walk, believe it or not. So fun, fun name, easy to remember. But um, he's like this six foot seven guy and he used a wheelchair. And I was talking to him a little bit about his experience. And he said, I've had the privilege of living two lives, one from a six foot seven and one from a four foot five and he said both of them have been an am- i've met amazing people and had had amazing experiences hmm. and that stuck with me i was you know pretty young when i heard that and i thought that that that's his reality and that could be true for all of us that you you take what life gives you and you learn whatever you can and you enjoy the experience yeah gosh i mean that there's
0: that's so true right it's like okay life took took a shift
2: mm-hmm. he was
0: blessed you know immediately his mindset was i'm blessed to have two different lives from two different completely perspectives yep you know, which is uh unique uh, you know and, and i do want to see like what does a your day in life look like i mean it's obviously more challenging at least from the outside looking in i would say that's more challenging to you it's like well i'm uh, not more challenging.
2: I look at your life and i'd say man you have to deal with shoes you have to deal with socks <laughs> all those pants active, that are so long man. and oh my goodness you know it's uh Think of it, I mean, um, there's so many things that are pretty simple for me to do. I, I would say, here, here's my, my saying about difficulty level. Um, what if we said we didn't worry about the difficult, we used the different. We used the word called different. Mm-hmm. And, and things are only hard um, temporarily because the more we do it, and it's because it's different or it's new. Um, tying your shoes for the first time is hard. All right. Twenty-five times, it's not hard anymore. So it's only hard because it's different or because it's new. And so anything you practice over and over again, actually, that's the definition of a habit. And so you pr- and you can have good habits and bad habits. It's just whatever you practice. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, habits that serve you by doing things that are that that are healthy over and over and over again they become a habit a lot of times we do things that aren't good for us over and over and over again and they become a habit too Um, but in the end really what I think what it comes down to and the mindset piece that I've been I've been really spending a lot of time with right now it's the term authorship and the reality is that we're going to go through our lives and we're going to biologically age our every year we're a year older it doesn't mean we're emotionally better Right. And so what you're going to do is you're going to be a passive participant as your life story is written. Or if you have the perspective or the the awareness, you can develop authorship. And and the quote that I that I that I love is um, your life story will be written. Who will be holding the pen? Mm. Will it be your circumstances and a passive approach? Or will it you you establish authorship where you actually decide here's what I would like next month to look like As I, I think
0: watching forward. this need to pause it right now yeah. you need to write that down you know because you know <laughs> I mean, honestly, someone will be writing your life story why why not it be you? Mm-hmm. you know I took um John Butcher is a friend of mine, and I took his life book some years ago, you know, and that's really what the premise is right you know and we have an opportunity to design our life and he would carry this little black book around and my friend patrick was always like or he was what is that you know you always have that thing he's like oh it's i just call it my life book what what do you mean you know it's like oh you know i'm just not a believer in letting your life just circumstances define your life you know i'm choosing mine Mm -hmm. i'm you know i'm literally i'm choosing the life that i i want to live you know and that's where now. Then he, they kept saying, "Hey, man, you don't teach that, right? It's like, yeah. you know, a life book. You know, it's the mm-hmm. life that we choose."
2: Yeah, uh, you know. And I, like, I was thinking about this because sometimes that's too big. And so, for for the people that are watching this, what if um, from the day you were born until today was one chapter of a book, and it's the book titled "You." right and so all of those experiences and everything that's happened to you was chapter 1 and then what if from this point forward each year was a chapter so what are going to be the plot lines of chapter 2 who's is there going to be adventure is there going to be drama is there going to be um strength building is there going to be deeper relationships is there what kind of upgrades are you going for in chapter two and then chapter three, what's that gonna look like? Maybe, maybe something as big as I want to live in Italy or on, you know, in the Mediterranean. That might be chapter ten. That might be a little ways down the road for you to organize things to be able to get there. But things like maybe upgrading your car or maybe running a marathon, that might be in the next two chapters. And so you may not know all the details, but there are some things you start with an outline when you're writing a story and you talk about some of the things that you want in that story. And so what if your life was like that where you just started literally just pen some preferences down on a piece of paper and then watch those things start to become reality?
0: Yeah, so we're, you're obviously doing that, have done that in your life. So,
2: Yes, doing.
0: So that because, you know, I'm thinking of my viewer right now and, you know, they, all of us, we, we have a desire where we want to be, whether it's, you know, be healthier, you know, maybe it's a different job, a new job, financial better. I mean, so you've written your life, it, you know, tell us what that looked like, you know. So, mm-hmm. in other words, you know, you, you've, you've had, you know, chapters that you wrote out or said, I want mm-hmm. this to look like that. So, you know. Give us some views on
2: that. Yeah. Well, I'm still developing that. You know, one thing um, that was always important to me, um, I wanted being married to one wife for life personally was a high value. Me too. We are 27 years married. We were just discussing literally last night at how it's a 10, like relationally emotionally, physically, communication-wise, financially, like we are just, we are deeply fulfilled in our marriage, right? Then, you know, um, so I wanted that. That was something that was really important to me. And it wasn't, it was sort of an obvious thing. Then we had kids and, and I wanted to be like, it was very important to me to be a father that i never had a father that um, my my mom and dad got divorced early on. And so I didn't have a lot of role modeling in that. And so a lot of the things that I did with my kids, I remember some people asking me who who taught you how to do that. I saw, I just figured it out. I mean, I got YouTube, right? You can, you can learn just about anything, but um, it was some of the things that it says, well, it just made sense that this was something that just seemed like it made sense. So, so I did it you know, and I would take my kids out on dates and, and, you know, I have two boys Um, now they're 20, 26 and 24 and I've got a two-year-old granddaughter and two more, two more grandchildren coming and, and they live close and and it's great. You know, so those are some things important to me. And, and recently um, you know, I, I had a long athletic career starting in 1986 and that spanned up until about 2014 um, in 2014, I was on a comeback trail. I had lost 50 pounds in 2011, and I was starting to, my health coach practice, starting to develop my health coach practice, and um, and so that was going really well, and uh, I, I simultaneously started racing again and training again, and getting back into form, and, and uh, in 2014, I was in a, a marathon down in, in San Diego. And there was an automobile on the course that wasn't um, supposed to be there or it was supposed to be there, but they didn't let us know there would be cars coming around a blind corner at speed. So I hit a car, broke my shoulder and uh, ended my wheelchair racing career. And um, so then I had to figure out, so now what? Well, it turned out I could still ride a hand cycle. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was get back to hand cycling. And so I did that. I got back to a pretty high level with, with wheelchair racing. And then, um, earlier this year, there was an opportunity to partner up with a company called Lasher Sport and they build off-road full suspension hand cycles.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That sounds good to me. I was on my mountain bike this morning.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And where you live, there's that kind of stuff happening right now. And so, um, so, So there was this idea to build this partnership. Well, one thing turned into another, and I started developing other sponsorships and started uh, working with some new strength coaching. And um, I actually just um, I wanted to compete, and they have the World Championships, which is in Crested Butte, Colorado, literally Saturday and Sunday, just a few days ago. And so came back with uh, first place, um, the adaptive. So so yeah, so. I have yeah. to
0: break you out here. We have some of the, you know, 500 miles of trail here in Park City. You stay with yeah. me and we'll hit the trails. That no, be I good?
2: plan it. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, that was some things that it's it's sort of some things just kind of start to be like, right. well, this makes sense. What's next? And it's not like I planned in November of last year when I met Bill Lasher. I didn't plan on going and winning the world championships yeah. I didn't even really know much about off-road hand cycling. And so some of the things kind of just make sense as you go down the road. Some of the things you have a preference and that preference starts to be realized, but you have to have an idea of what I wanted to do first was to be in shape, always be getting stronger, always be growing. Um, and that was something for sure. And I knew that I loved adventure and off-road mountain biking, um, is, is a lot of adventure. Yeah. And so things just kind of came together. But, you know, right now, as far as what we're looking at in the next two to three years is we're looking at um, buying some property and we're looking at developing kind of a um, a homestead or kind of a estate. I don't know, just a, a nice place there and potentially having our kids move out there and just having some some land to do um, some legacy stuff. But, you know, financially, I have the dream of doing it, but financially, I don't see the means yet but, but because i've started with the end in mind i'm reverse engineering how to make those other things happen
0: right so i mean i i think that's the key isn't it i mean we we you know have to reverse engineer it we, you know yep. we start with the, the end in mind like you said you got a value of right we start with our core values yep. and, and we can go from there i mean i always tell my docs that even with a business right what are your core values you know i you know i i think at some point in my life i was into goal setting and Now it's like, I I just want to stick to my core values. You know, it's like, and and if I just like life takes on a different path, does this evolve my core values? If it does, then maybe I'm interested.
2: No, I think that, I think that's really great. You said something earlier about happiness and the idea of happiness and the, the reality of happiness is that um, happiness is a byproduct. It's not a destination. When you, when you, when you don't, um, shear away from the um challenges in your life when you push through the difficult things in your life um you you your life develops meaning and you have satisfaction and i think after that that's where happiness actually shows up so
0: i agree yeah no it's a symptom for sure you know but it's something we all want <laughs> you know it's the one symptom that we all want but you're right it, it's a byproduct of i believe a big byproduct of a functioning, even in your identity and your, your true identity, and you know the, what you're created for, and you know when you find that, man, magic happens. But you know, we we have an opportunity to write that book, right? You know, chapter at a time. You know, right now um, in your life, are there any difficult things? You know, meaning that okay, it may not be a habit yet. It, it, you know, you're still in the hard stage. <laughs> you know, um you know that changes i mean i when my son broke his back, there was a lot of hard things all of a sudden that um that again, as time went on, even those daily things that were really hard in the beginning got easier to your point right um but what's going on right now in your life that's really hard yeah.
2: so um you know right now, i mean like leading up till this last weekend, there was a um a subconscious focus around uh this world championships and it started to come become real little by little by little and um you know sponsorships came together then we had to have the equipment come together and we were testing out brand new things and then jerseys had to be made and you know there was a lot of wireless technology around shocks and and shifting and all this fun gear and oddly enough um, it all crescendoed together perfectly up at 10,000 feet in Crested Butte on the mountain and, and things were just fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, basically though, I you defined it just like any other athlete would have what was going on in that moment. Okay.
2: That's done. You know? Yeah. And oddly enough, when it was over with, I had been subconsciously and consciously so, connected to this reality that Monday, when Monday rolled around, I had suffered a little depression.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because all was, that focus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, all that focus for for months and eating right and the sleep and the drinks and the, the creatine and the branched chain amino acids and the, you know, all the different things, making sure I'm getting my seven hours minimum of sleep and all of these little details, just simple daily hydration, uh-huh. you know, uh, just a side note, two of the things that you can do, they're free, but they come at a price. It's sleep and water. <laughs> Those two things, you know, 64 to 80 ounces of water a day and no less than seven hours. If you get less than seven hours, you are accelerating your biological aging. Uh,
0: I I agree, and then what's going on in those seven hours? Because I I I wear my aura ring, and uh, you know I realize that there's things that I do um, that affect my deep sleep, and therefore my recovery and my heart rate, and, the, and all you know, that. My heart rate variability, yeah. which is recovery, and you know, yeah. and so then you take it a step further because I believe me, I've slept eight hour nights, and it was like okay, that was a disaster.
2: Yeah. But so all those things came together and then, you know, I get done and I mean, thankfully and, and, you know, earning the first place, uh, trophy there and and the world champion, it was, I mean, it was awesome. It's like, okay, everything to game, any type of, um, variable that came along, I was able to answer every question that came at me during the six competitions that we had over those two days and walk away from from there or roll away from there technically. And then I'm like, well, what's next? You know, I don't have another big competition on the calendar for this year. So, so what's next? And so that's the, the challenge right now is oddly enough is settling back in getting back reconnected with my team and my coaching practice. And then um, quite honestly, being, the amount of emotional energy that was being invested in the racing came out of my marriage tank. Right. And so my wife is an incredible woman. And right as I was leaving for the race, she says, she sends me a text and she says, remember racing is not your vocation any longer. It's a really amazing hobby. Stay grounded. And it's just, beautiful. Right. And so I did that. Now, when I went there and I raced, I threw down and left nothing else, nothing on the table. Um, Oddly enough, going into day two, they had some of the bikes that were E assist bikes. I raced in the manual category and I was leading by 45 seconds over all the E bikes over everybody uh, after the end of the first day, which was kind of a, it was crazy. Everybody kept coming to my bike going, where's your E assist? And I'm like, it's, it's right here, right? <laughs> and wow. and so, uh, the second day there was a big long two mile uphill and uh a thousand watts of E assist power is, is hard to compete against. But yeah. all that have to say is coming away from the actual um event, now that energy that was that was taken towards uh racing is now back uh connected into my relationship and the different things that I love to do. So
0: Yeah, and you have your own coaching business, I'm sure where- uh, tell me, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, my coaching practice, it's crave optimal health. Um, and so it's this this idea where um, we're all craving to feel great. And one of the things that we all share in common as human beings is we all live in a physical body, right? We all live in here. And every one of us has a desire for this place that we live to work, to mm. work well, to move move and and walk and and duck and you know be strong and have energy and just when we say when we ask our body a simple question can i do this we want the answer to be absolutely yeah right yeah. and it's not that's not the case uh, for many people and then not only physically but what about financially we have an opportunity to go on an adventure and we ask our checkbook can we do this and it's going to say yes or no right and then then we think about our calendar our our schedule you know we have to have a vocation that's flexible to allow us to go and have adventures and i call i call that whole thing more yes days and i'm looking for more yes days that when i wake up and ask myself a question physical financial relational schedule wise and i want to have more yes days in the yourself. future Me too. Do you do any uh,
0: mindset coaching as well? I mean, if your mindset's right, man, you'll get Mm -hmm. well. If your mindset's right, you'll
2: be happy. Oddly enough, uh, enough, uh, Dan, is that um, uh, with the way that I approach my coaching practice is um, we start with the felt need. And then when the felt need is starting to be remedied, the found needs arise. And and I don't know, in, in the Bible, when Jesus fed the 5,000, he didn't give them spiritual food first because they were physically hungry. And so he f- he met their physical need first, mm-hmm. and then uh, now he a- establishes a trust and an, and an ability or an opportunity to speak into their minds and their hearts. And mm-hmm. so when I'm working with my clients, I don't start with, the thinking, and the mindset, and the relationships, and the whatever else. I start with what's presenting itself. And it's usually the the part of their experience, their humanity, that they're closestly connected to, and that's their physical bodies. So they don't sleep good. They don't have energy. They're overweight. Probably eight out of ten people have extra weight that they want to get rid of. And so we're like, okay, let's talk about that. Let's just fast forward. Now you're at a healthy weight. What's better? Tell me about that. So yeah. we start with the end in mind, assuming we're going to get there. And then once, once uh, we undercover, we, uh, through conversation, we uncover vacancies in their life, areas that aren't as good as they want them to be. And because I've earned the right to speak into their hearts, because we've, we're starting to have some wins on the board physically, then these other vacancies as they arise, we can start speaking into those areas too. And usually that comes to mindset. Right.
0: Do you have any, I mean, do, your, does your condition bring on any physical challenges? You know, I mean, <laughs> Hey, I'm in my fifties. And when I uh, turned you know, 50, um, you know, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I hurt this low back years ago are you this, and now all of a sudden it's bothering me. Yeah, you know? I mean so yeah. that, that happens to all of us, but does your you know, what you have going on, does it you know, is it creating any problems?
2: Well I've ran a lot of marathons and my knees don't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. The, um, the
0: benefits. One of the benefits Yeah,
2: what a benefit. I don't have knees, so they can't hurt. Um yeah. but uh yeah, you know I I have to rotate our cuff and shoulders. Shoulders are not uh designed uh, the socket, the way that the structure works, you know, it's all held together by muscles, not not like a hip joint is held together differently. And so, so with the mount, you know, my arms and, and my shoulders are my arms and my legs. Yeah. And so having a shoulder injury is traumatic for me because you know when I broke my shoulder and tore my rotator cuff and all that in the accident, I lo- I already had two legs that essentially weren't weren't super useful. And now I was missing an arm. So it it became very challenging, the recovery process. And so for me right now, I'm working on keeping my shoulders healthy. Um, um, I I do a specific type of strength training, um, uh, Dr. McGuff. um, It's called Super Slow Motion, High Intensity Strength Training. And uh, there's a book called Body by Science Um, that explains all the details, but it's been around for a year, but essentially it's one day a week, very, very intense, 20 minutes Uh where you take all your muscles to complete failure and then you ask for 5% more. Your muscles say, I don't got it. And then you give them, then you say, okay.
0: You know, I I was introduced to that some years ago and I I still to some degree follow that. You know, I do very little, but I go to complete failure. Yep. Um, so i do
2: it, it, what the it, the it, idea it, there is it's six
0: moves, reps it's slow right yep. it's
2: 20 seconds hard. per rep and yeah. it's about six reps and the weight's heavy enough so that you can do about six reps in about a minute and 30 to 2 minutes and every week you i get it's either more time more reps Or it's more weight so every week I grow stronger and I've been doing this for about a week and one of the things that I noticed is that I don't want to spend a ton of time in the gym getting strong I want to get strong and then I want to go utilize that as a lifestyle and so the the uh, the hashtag essentially is strong for life and one of the things that I've never ever heard I've never heard somebody say you know I'm just too strong for that yeah. <laughs> right? Whoever says that, right? And so when your body is strong and your core is strong and your muscles are dense, when life shows up and asks a question, you're, this, that helps. It helps everything. It helps with uh-huh. the grocery store. It helps yeah. with your grandkids. It helps who, with so many things. So on uh, uh, t- 20 minutes,
0: you're doing each body part. Are you doing like a, a warm-up set, then one set to failure you, for each body part?
2: Or you or don't even warm up. It's, it's just a straight – One set. One set, yeah. So and it's slow,
0: so it's all like you're going to get injured. Right?
2: There's no inertia. There uh, It's twenty second. It's very very that, slow. It, and the weights aren't that heavy too, because think about yeah, it. Yeah. Doing twenty seconds per rep. I mean, if you're you 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 do fast and you've got all these things going on and the a weight lot, can be. A lot higher. So
0: like you know maybe it's a. A dumbbell press, right? I mean whatever yeah. next week, then maybe it's an incline dumbbell
2: press. Yeah. Well, yeah. and everything's actually in Nautilus machines. So yeah. they're all okay. very, very structured and very controlled motion. So that they're, what, what we found, what I'm finding, is that there's certain exercise exercise routines that are very productive and and then there's so there's the productivity level and then there's there's the danger level, the potential to injure yourself. And personally, what I'm looking for is the the effectiveness is high and the safety um, is high. And here's yeah. an example, and hopefully, hope I don't offend anybody, but one of the things about CrossFit is, CrossFit is CrossFit is very, very productive. It is a community-based thing. It is fun. People are jacked. It is also the most dangerous that I've ever seen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, injury, very, very high with yep. that. intensity. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's why I,
0: I like the, this type of workout because, you know, it really, I, I take it a step further. I use restrictive bands um, where it, you know, restricts the blood flow and the mm. body thinks it, it goes into a panic. It throws growth hormone, neuropronephrine, out. So it de you know, uh, takes down inflammation and upregulates you know, everything for healing. Um, and, and so it creates that intensity with even less weight. I mean, you could take the most minor weight, but it's the same principle. Super- yes. You do the exact same principle but um, the, the bands take it to a whole nother level You should
2: try. yeah yeah and he talks about that in the book there but the, one of the neat things is that you know 20 minutes one day a week nobody for my lifestyle coaching practice i have a lot of people one of the first things to go when life gets busy and our lives get busy and stressful is one of the first things to go is anything that is complex absolutely so if your life gets busy you're not, let's say, let's say you have a regular workout routine and your family comes to stay. You're not working out probably.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right?
2: Yeah. Or it, depending on what kind of a, um, a nutrition program you're using, if you're doing a lot of whole foods and cooking all of the things for yourself and it's not convenient after about 30 days, you know, the whole 30 only lasts 30 days because people can't, they, they, they pull their hair out. Like, you know, even, whether yeah, they have it or it not. And so, happens. convenience to me is king. If it's a if it's a lifelong right. change, and yeah. so for me when I when I tell my clients about super slow mo, they and I tell them it's twenty minutes one day a week. I've never heard them say I just don't have time for that. I've yeah. never heard that once. So you're gonna hear. Well, is that enough? <laughs> yeah, that's what they that's what they say. Oh, yeah. And then I go why don't you go try it? They give you two of the first sessions for free. Go ahead and try it and they become lifelong just like I did. I took the first two and that was a year ago.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, that was one of my questions is what you do work out. So, I mean, but you have to keep your endurance up too, at least for the, you know, your racing. Yeah.
2: So, so. I, so I do that for my strength stuff, but then I go out on my bike and I, I do road riding and I do off-road riding and I do, I can do lots of different things. But usually there's some adventure and some entertainment involved in those things, whereas lifting weights isn't a big entertainment for me.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. For me, I lift weights to stay in shape. So I'm able to go out and be yeah, exactly
2: that's bike. it get strong so you can hike get yeah. strong so you can water ski get strong so you can go, run or bike or whatever it is
0: yeah. yeah and it makes me enjoy it more when i'm able you know mm-hmm. and you feel good and you know yeah. worry about like you know i'm dying here right you know
2: a simple cool. fun story my wife got me into the super slow motion stuff and my wife does not like uh, opposites attract i'm a nice guy guy she's not right And she started working out and I started seeing the results. And so I started doing the same thing. And one of the fun anecdotal stories about her and my son, my oldest son, he's 26 now. And he's always liked her to chase him, you know, from just a little kid. And so she would always chase him around the kitchen or whatever. Well, now he's an adult. Oddly enough, he still likes to be chased. And so they were, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving or something. It was, maybe it was Valentine's Day. I don't know. It was recent. She's been lifting weights for about a year. And, um, she chases him and she grabs onto him and he's thinking, I'll make her let go by jumping over the couch. So he launches himself over the couch and she doesn't let go. And she traps him on the ground and he says, why are you so strong? Let go of me. Right. And it's just the thing, you know, that hasn't been a common thing for her, but she, she hates working out. But again, 20 minutes, one day a week. It's like she does it and now it's showing up with our granddaughter. She's able to, you know, she's a 30 pound little granddaughter and, and, she, you know, moving her around is, uh, it takes yeah. some strength. So that's I just a testament like to being strong for life. And I think that at the core of every human being, if you're strong, if you're stronger and you have, if you have strong muscles, not, I'm not saying big, I'm saying strong.
0: strong. No, there's a difference. I don't care. If I don't big, care what size they are. Strong to me is one of my values. Because strong is, it allows me to do the things I love without getting injured, and again, just at a higher level. Okay, what about for your mindset? Because I agree with you, you know, like doing, as I, you know, I'm very busy and people are how do you do it all? I I tend to keep things very prioritized but very simple, and those are the things I can do. So what are you doing for your mindset daily?
2: Yeah, one of the things for my mindset um, is – uh, I I utilize lists a lot to get things done little check boxes. every time I have a to do item I put a checkbox next to it so I can check that off and get that that dopamine you know Burst right! Oh, I've done that. I've done that. Oh
0: yeah! Wait, wait. At the end of the day, I like to go. Okay, I did all. Oh, I feel good.
2: <laughs> yep. And even if there's something I did that wasn't on the list, I'll write it on there and I'll put a checkbox there. You know, right? But the the biggest thing for me is is um I, I do a lot of journaling. I have a um a special pen for journaling, and so it's a little quill and you know yeah. you know standard thing. But I like writing. Actually, physically writing on paper, and and the research that I've done, and the and the reasons why I like it so much, it's one of the. There's a couple of things about. I, I use the J word, journaling, right? But it's really just processing your thoughts through a pen. It's it's downloading onto a pen and paper, and one of the things that I've seen that it does for me is it allows my creative side of my mind and my structured logical side of my mind, they have to handshake and do a dance together, right? And so while I'm writing. I have to have my sentences make sense. There's, there's um, uh, sentence structure. There's actually, you have to read it. So all of that is, is uh, when you're writing something down, it's the art, arts, artistic side. But you're also formulating your thoughts, and then you have to slow down enough so you can write them out. And so yeah. it's one of the unique ways that i found that you can be an observer of your thoughts by journaling. And so I've got a journal that I, I journal with regularly. Um, I've been asking myself some questions. Uh, one of the things is a simple question. What no longer belongs in my future as a leader? And you just ask the question and wait for answers. Another one is um thinking about this concept of leading from the future and acting in the now. So this is this, This destination mindset with the reverse engineering process, you can say, say a statement like now that I'm so or um, I'm so happy and grateful now that blank has happened, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because it blah, blah, blah. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm a um, a world champion wheelchair or, you know, hand cyclist um, um, because it, you know, it gives me a platform. Where, or I'm so happy and grateful now that I've achieved a healthy body weight because I will feel good about myself and blah, 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 blah. So you can, you ask yourself these sentences that are sort of fill in the blanks and the, you phrase the question as if it's already happened. Yeah, you that's your cool. mind thinking about it, and it starts to reverse engineer and to see a, a way to get it. And so there's a lot of a lot of journaling exercises. Well, that you're actually know.
0: you're you're recording some things in your subconscious, actually, and then your subconscious really drives the ship. So that, that that's a big deal. You know, I, I have you um, have you ever felt sorry for yourself through this process?
2: Uh, I, I I can't say no because I think it's a human condition. That I, I have. felt
0: sorry for myself so many times I want to slap myself. Yeah.
2: But I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say I spent a lot of time there. So um, let, me be more, let me be more specific.
0: Yeah, Have you ever felt sorry for yourself
2: specifically
0: that life is in a wheelchair?
2: Oh, no. Um, I mean, I've yeah. – no. I don't it, you know, here's a, it's a funny thing when I, I, I love, I love kids and the, like just up there on the mountain, these kids came up to me and I'm pulling, I'm pulling off on this gnarly rad bike and they're like, man, what happened to your legs? And I said, well, I was born with short ones. And they say, you were? And I said, yeah. I said, what were you born with? And they, they're like, what? And they look down and I go, looks like you got the long ones. And he goes, yeah, I guess so. I go, how about your brother? Hey, he got a little bit longer ones, you know, and we're having this little conversation. I said, you know, and I was, when I was about to be born, I just, I guess I stood in the wrong line. I stood in the line with the short legs and you stand along with the line. Well, I made
0: that joke about my calves. I'm yeah. always, I see this guy with these huge calves. I'm like, you know, it's guys like that, that were most likely was in line twice or he took yeah. too much and I didn't get any.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. he went back for seconds you know, <laughs> before no, you my, got my,
0: there. Here's a perfect example. My, my little calves and thinner legs, right? Hey, I set the high school pull up record, right? It's still yeah, there Exactly. You know, exactly dead hang pull ups, right? Hey, That's if
2: totally I had too much calf, I wasn't doing that. Yeah, that'd be extra weight. And it's not needed for pull ups. Yeah. So it's just, you know, kind of those kind of things. There I guess if, if if I were the things that I would that I've missed that I feel like I've kind of missed out on um, is uh, riding a motorcycle with no adapts adapt you know, adaptive equipment. That would be pretty fun. I've ridden them, but stopping is where I come to a problem, right? (laughs) And um, the other, you know, just different kinds of things like walking on the sandy beach and not getting sand everywhere and and any bearings and all that. You know, and then uh, so, you know, uh, my wife and I were just talking last night. We were watching So You Think You Can Dance, you know, and and she said, if you had legs, what dance style would you pick? And I said ballroom, and she said me too. She goes, we're so compatible. And oh, literally, yeah. this just happened last night, and that would be fantastic to twirl yeah. and to do some of those things, but. You know, there's so many things. If I focus on the few things that I can't do, I'd miss out on the things I can do. And there's you know, just too and, many of those.
0: You answered one of my questions. Is there anything you you miss? You know, yeah. you kind of said some of those, right? The sand, you know, that, the ballroom dancing, you know. Yeah. But again, we can, we can, all of us can look at our lives and say yep. things, right? I mean.
2: Yeah, uh, whatever you're going to complain about is what you're going to complain about. And sometimes people have curly hair and they want straight hair. And so,
1: they want uh,
2: so hair. it's, it doesn't really matter what the actual thing is. It's the process that you are developing as you're working through it. that That's, I think, the thing that counts, you know, and I hear what, what people that are quads
0: process, what, what, yeah. more specific on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, people can look at me and say, I don't have legs and say, wow, that would be really hard. Um, it, but I, I don't know. It's just this hard. What does hard have to do with it? Actually, is is the answer to that. You know, some people um you know, one of the things with, with quadriplegics, you know, and paraplegics. So quads have impairment in all four limbs, either up to a hundred percent or some degree. And paraplegics have impairment in just two of their limbs, right? And um one of the things that I was saying is that paraplegics wish they had use of their legs back, quadriplegics just wish they had use of full use of their hands. Right. And so it's just all your perspective as to, are you going to always wish the grass was greener? Are you going to, are you going to just accept what you have and make it better?
0: Yeah. And when you do, life can get a whole lot better pretty quick.
2: Oh man. And I'm telling you, it's, it's fantastic. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, um when you realize that life will be hard because new things are different but if you if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. So it's not hard anymore because it's familiar. It might be hard, but it's not hard because it's new. It right. might just be hard. And and I don't know. I just I just haven't been. I'm not a big complainer uh, actually at all. Yeah. And um, I, I I've talked with groups of people. I, I remember being in this uh, class with a bunch of people that were. It was a depression class. And first of all, I, I think about the idea. Of being in a class that's called a depression class—that's depressing all in itself. But that's a side story. And I'm telling my story about it. Doesn't matter whether you think you can or you think you can't. What do you want? And then put a plan together and go get it. Or you can be passive in your life and just allow it to happen. And um, these ladies start talking, um, and and they're complaining about all the reasons why they can't do this and they can't do that. And at, at one point, I'm so I'm sitting in front of them. Fairly athletic with no legs and talking about all the adventure I have that is physical. And at one point, she just stopped talking and just said, I'm done and yeah. moved on to the next person because the irony was so palpable in that yeah. room that I was there with perceivably less and celebrating it. And she had all her body parts and was complaining. Yeah.
0: No doubt about it, man. <laughs> We just have to shift our perspective. You know, our world becomes how we view it, man. You know, it, absolutely it's simple as that. Here, here's an off-the-wall question I, I have to finish with: Is do, have you ever dreamt in a dream and saw yourself actually walking, or Interesting. you never had legs? Was does that never happen?
2: I I fly once in a while. That's fun, and I've I've ridden motorcycles once in a while, but have I seen myself walking? I used to wear artificial legs, you know, and so I I have experienced walking and and uh, some of those things. Um, no, I I don't know. It's not a common thing if it ever has happened, for sure. Okay,
0: yeah, maybe it would have stood out. Uh, what what would you say the the greatest gift you've been given? What is that?
2: I would say the the biggest gift I've been given, um, it's actually, it's kind of a strange thing, but it's the ability to inspire somebody to, um, they see me and because they have a, a, a filter or they set, like the, people sell, they assess other people and they sort of set a bar, right? And for me, a lot of people set the bar pretty low because they see the wheelchair and they don't know me. And then and then they see me get out of my car, which is a, a fairly trivial thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: how often do you get out of your car every time you get in it? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not a big deal. And they're like, wow, I just saw you get out of there and you just flew out of there. And I'm like, what was I supposed to do? Right? Yeah, And, yeah. and so some of those things, oddly enough, can be utilized to inspire people. And I just have to be patient with folks and not take it personally. That. I love if you're inspired by my life, fine. If me getting out of a car inspires you, awesome, right? Uh, I'm inspired by a lot of things too. And so the reality is is that we we have an opportunity to be um to live our lives and um and to be kind to one another. And so I I feel like I try to be a kind person and I try to um uh leave people better than I found them and um and I just really like people and and it's important. And so I think that's kind of my biggest thing is just um, be encouraging, be inspiring and, and being just kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that your um, situation really has been the crown for you to be the way you are? Meaning that, you know, you are so positive. You, you know, you are changing the world individuals. I mean, you know, do you think it's,
2: you I know, think it you gives me access. Big. You yeah.
0: said that it's the difficult things that really are the most fulfilling and then the, yeah. the biggest, you know, blessings.
2: I you think know, people will find that rings true in their life. Think of the things that they really had to work yeah. for.
0: Oh no, totally. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. I mean, therefore,
0: is your, you know, I, again, I don't even know what to call it because I can't call it a handicap for you. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the very I would answer the question, you know. But is it the crowning jewel in your life? Is it the thing that has just made you you? I mean,
2: I think it it could have been my biggest nemesis or my biggest um, my biggest asset. And um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the cards I was dealt, and I'm gonna I'm gonna build my skills so, and play them better and better. By at- the way,
0: you were going back. This is something I ask people because there's something it's true. It's they it's called three percenters, right? Three percenters are literally the people who overcome cancer. Yeah, it right. when asked the question, you know about like well, how did you do that or whatever, you know, they go back at a certain place. Was there a certain place where you know you said I'm gonna what you just said I'm gonna choose it to be this way, not that way, because you said it could have been either way. It could have been your downfall, but now it's right. it's your greatest gift.
1: You know. No. Was there
0: is there a conscious choice at what age, at what time, or is it something,
2: you know, you looked back on? And I think, you know, I don't know how much you're... The choice you're was made. You made a choice at some point. Yeah. Well, I think you're, part of it is you're, you have a personality type and a, and you have predispositions for things on the Enneagram. Are you familiar with the Enneagram stuff? Maybe. Uh, there's personality types and there's eight different ones. And
0: Oh, yeah, probably. Cool. I should know that. Yeah.
2: Anyway, there's a number of different ones out there and this is one that... that we've been studying a lot, but, but my personality type, there's other people with my personality types, but it's, um, um, my personality type and my lifestyle are very compatible. So, so I'm not one to be, um, you know, a cloudy kind of mindset person. I'm a pretty sunny disposition. And, and, um, my, my personality type likes to be, um, in the spotlight and have fun and have adventure, and so my whether I had legs or not, that's probably who who i would I would be um I think it looks differently because uh I was born this way, so it's it has its own flavor of how that looks but um, I know when I was a kid, I would say the you know the the only thing that comes to mind is when I was a kid and I would be riding my skateboard, you know or going just you know, cruising around the neighborhood um, when there was a number of times when people would come up to me and they would, they would just give me this, this piece of information that there was a reason, there was a, not a reason why, but a reason for, right. So there was going to be something that this was going to make me into that would be great. And so it's, it's kind of like you, your scars tell stories, and those stories can be amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's, it was kind of like that, that there was just going to be a purpose for it. And, yeah, and
0: but you know, I the opposite. I, yeah, I'm it sure. could be I'm yeah. fun of you, though. I, I'm sure. Kids made yeah. fun of you, maybe. And people told you what you wouldn't be able to do. I mean, all right. of this. Your brain, dude, your brain is choosing to even remember the positive things, right? But I promise you, probably more things were said to you negative that could have been your identity. I can't do that because you've been told, right? So our identity is you know, formed, you know, but something made you choose, right? That, hey, I'm not – this is going to be a positive for you. I'm going to do it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let this slow you down. I mean, those choices were made, you know, and that's – for whatever reason, I always say, look, you can choose to be a 3%er. You know, it's just choosing that, hey, this isn't going to stop me. I'm going to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a three percenter, man. You just, you chose not to be defined by the negative identities.
2: Yep. And I remember one of the things early on, they said I couldn't drive a stick shift. And I was like, you know, and there was some things that people told me I couldn't do. And I didn't even want to do them until they told me I couldn't do them. And then I did them just to prove them wrong. So, so that, so I think that, that just. Whatever for whatever reason I don't know, but it's just kind of the way things worked out for me, and yeah. and um, and I choose to I choose not to dwell on the things that I can't do or that are are too difficult to do, and I choose to to work on the things that I yeah. can accomplish. There's a,
0: I don't know if you know who Johnny Erickson Tata is. Um, yeah, know. she, um uh, you know, in a wheelchair, and easy. yeah. Yeah, if many
2: you come people, to a sports camp. I, I run a wheelchair sports camp in Minnesota, then she's been to that same camp. She's a
0: powerful woman. She's changed yeah. the world.
2: I mean, she has,
0: I mean, she just unbelievable uh, to hear her speak. And I yes. mean, her, her a positive, she's like you, very positive. But you know, she says um how many people will come up to her through her life and say, I'm praying for you to walk again. Yeah. And she's so gracious. She says, honey, you know. I have a lot of things you could pray for me in my life, right? But that's not one of them, please. My wheelchair is my crown. You know, it, it is my crown. Don't pray me out of my wheelchair because, you know, I would be not doing this. Think of that. Anymore. Yeah. Right? So you see that perspective. It's like, oh, you know, please. If I walked again, you know, God only knows what my life would look like.
2: Yeah, it might be kind of boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's funny. But yeah, I think your wheelchair is your crown, man. I mean, it is.
2: Just well, and I've utilized out. that. You know, I've been in sales. I've been in different types of situations, and immediately when when a person in a wheelchair that's comfortable being in a wheelchair uh, comes up to another person, it's disarming because because you you have a certain perception of what that what they're going to be like, and when they are more than that mm-hmm. or different than that, then you're 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 curious or you're intrigued. Yeah. Or yep. something happens and so I have access into people's life and to speak in people's lives that that traditional stand-up people don't have access Oops. to and so why wouldn't I use every card I was dealt that being one of them yeah a-
0: a- absolutely you know you know and just one of the most powerful things you said was is that you know things are difficult or hard Only in the beginning until we make them habits, right? (laughs) It's like then we figure out a way around. I'm just that echoes to every one of our listeners, you know. It's like, yeah, dietary changes, you know, yeah, yeah, it's hard in the beginning, Um, but there's nothing good that Well,
2: well, yeah. And think about this what if you had the perspective of what does hard have to do with it, or what if you changed it and you said, I do hard things?
0: Yes, because hard things. the rewarding things yeah I do hard things because they are the most rewarding dang it that's my easy stuff
2: is boring
0: I'm going away with that right there Craig honestly you know (laughs) what I do hard things because I love it because Mm -hmm. those are the most rewarding so if it's taking whatever up to the next level I love doing hard things Craig. Uh, and and you you taught us that today that's for sure well listen uh, thank you so much for finally coming on Cell sure. TV. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And listen, I mean it. I want to have you out here and you stay with us. And I want to hit the mountain bike trails with you. We'll, we'll have a blast.
2: Absolutely. And we'll plan for that. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to, to tell my story and to give a platform. Hopefully, through this uh, interview, somebody hey, will give, say. Give
0: your website. I mean, we'll, we'll put it up a few times. Yeah, dot
2: craveoptimalhealth.com. But in the end, hopefully somebody will see this and they'll say, if he can do it, I can do it. Or they'll yeah. say, "Why not me?" Or they'll say, "What this right. hard have to do it?" Or it, there's a number of little sayings, you know. I'm going to be an author in my life, right? Yeah. And certain people, and then the other thing too is, you know, I, I work with people all the time, and, and if you, I, I have an open door policy where people can have a chat, and we 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 get to know each other, and we find out what's going on, and if we uncover a vacancy that wants to be occupied, then we figure that out, and. Yeah. It's an, absolute, um, it's an absolute blast to do that. Folks.
0: Well, connect with Craig. Uh, listen, if you're going, gosh, I'm struggling. I, can't, I, I, I need more of what he's saying, hire a coach. That's what I always say. Hire Craig. Uh, that's darn what I would do, you know, because it's hard to get there ourselves, right? I always say, you become who you hang around. Dang it, I want his positivity. Hire the man. All right, Craig, thanks for being on Cell TV. I appreciate you. Thanks.
1: Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, which was brought to you by Fastonic Molecular Hydrogen. Please check it out at GetFastonic.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv, and please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, or sharing the show with anyone who may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.